Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this episode, Brian Gorman interviews Steve Salisbury, transformational leadership expert, on how organizational executives can prepare their organizations for ever more rapid and disruptive change, how change practitioners can be more effective working with these executives, and much more. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and I welcome you to this podcast on change leadership. Our guest today is Steve Salisbury. Steve is passionate about working with executives to bridge the strategy to execution divide in order to successfully deliver transformational change. He has worked with some of the world's most recognizable enterprises to set the change in motion by creating transformational capacity, galvanizing leaders, and driving accountability to institutionalize the entire transformation. In an industry where projects continue to underperform, Steve holds a remarkable 85% success rate. Comfortable in culturally diverse settings, Steve has worked in many international companies throughout Asia, Latin America, and Europe, as well as North America. He serves as the immediate past president of the Midwest chapter of the Association of Change Management Professionals. Steve has spent most of his life in southwestern Michigan and now lives with his wife in Chicago. His hobbies include Chicago history, architecture, and family history. And Steve still owns the southwestern Michigan family vineyard his parents purchased in the 1960s. Welcome, Steve. Well, thank you, Brian. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for joining me on this podcast for Change Management Review. Most of our guests bring well-seasoned perspectives as change practitioners. While we deal with both effective and ineffective change leaders all the time, hearing your insights on what's required for successful change leadership is important. So let's begin there. What would you say are some of the most important contributors to successfully leading change? That's a great question. And in my experience, I really see three uh, fundamental components. One, one is that there's clear, <clears throat> clear purpose for the transformation and that that purpose is stated in terms of, uh, in terms of outcomes to which frontline employees can relate. I've seen, um, I've seen good and bad, right? I've seen purpose statements, project mission statements that are very unclear and ambiguous. It really leaves people sort of scratching their head on what to do. But then conversely, I've seen those that are very clear and help really keep people focused on, on what needs to be done. Secondly, I would say aligned leadership um, you know, the leadership team must clearly understand and agree to the impacts of the transformation and, and be aligned on um, how those impacts affect one another cross-functionally. And then finally, they need to be able to consistently communicate these impacts to their respective teams. And I think finally, uh, you need to have employees enrolled 
in these uh, in these transformational changes. I think to achieve the greatest degree of sustainability in order to really achieve the value that uh, you want to achieve long-term from these transformational changes, you really need to figure out how to effectively enroll employees in the execution of that change. I mean, after all, they're the ones that are going to be, um, the employees are the ones that are going to be the left to make sure that that change is um, institutionalized. So the more they're involved early on to actually implement it, the better off you're going to be. Great. Thank you. Let's look the reverse side of this. What are some of the biggest mistakes leaders make to undermine change success? Another good question. Um, I think there are two Two fundamental things, again, that I've seen. Uh, number one, first and foremost, and there are plenty of studies that back this up, and that's lack of sponsorship or minimum visibility and uh, activity of a sponsor. You see, you can't delegate, you just can't delegate the leadership of a major transformational change to, to folks lower in the organization. Um, Leaders need to be actively engaged. They need to be holding people accountable for the delivery of, uh, of things that help institutionalize the change, and they need to be visible, talking it up, meeting with employees, understanding what concerns and issues are, that sort of thing. So lack of sponsorship is the number one cause of uh, undermining success. I think the other thing is um, we don't, and we don't talk about it that much, in my opinion, and, and that is we misunderstand resistance. I think oftentimes leaders dismiss resistors as naysayers. Conversely, I love resistors. Um, I always, when I go into a new client, I always ask uh, to talk with the people who are less likely to support the change. You learn so much. And so if you, if you embrace resistance and talk with those who are resistive, um, you can learn a lot about um, things you might need to watch for as you go through the project, as you go through the transformation. And oftentimes you can turn resistors into some of your greatest proponents. I've been a change practitioner for a lot of years, and since my earliest training, I've been hearing that the volume, pace, and complexity of change is continuing to accelerate. That's certainly been my experience. In a TED Talk a few years ago, Patrick Forth of the Boston Consultant Group said that technology has driven the growth of change from linear to exponential. Whether that's factually accurate, there's no question that technology and especially artificial intelligence, is continuing to drive more and bigger change faster and faster. What advice would you give to organizational executives in terms of preparing their organizations for ever more rapid and disruptive change? You know, I'm really glad you asked that question because I just wrote a newsletter that I published yesterday about this very topic. Um, and I think there are a number of factors involved here, but I think if I had to boil it down 
to two things. Um, I would say, one, um, leadership needs to do everything they can to mitigate what I call cross-functional dysfunction. So uh, just a quick definition, cross-functional dysfunction is when the different portions, different functions within an organization don't work well together to, um, to accomplish the mission of the organization. Whether they're going through a transformational change, a simple project, or just day-to-day -day business, cross-functional dysfunction gets in the way of accomplishing uh, organizational objectives. So if a leader does nothing more than ensure that their leadership team is all working toward the same goal, they're clearly going to have much greater success. And so let's, let's break that down just a little bit. Um, when I talk about mitigating cross-functional dysfunction, it's really having a conversation at the leadership level about how, uh, especially as it relates to change, how change in one area may impact other areas. Having that conversation at the leadership level and understanding how to address those impacts across the organization and agree to a plan to, to actually do that mitigation. Um, and, and those impacts, you know, this, this is not an esoteric exercise. Those impacts need to be, um, they need to be clear and they need to be uh, well understood. Um, so mitigating cross-functional dysfunction is one of the most important things that leaders can do to, um, to prepare their organizations. And I think related to that is the second element, and that's actually reducing our dependence on what I call hierarchical adherence. You know, um, in order to position organizations for faster, uh, more rapid, more disruptive change, we got to give up command and control. You know, we need to drive greater collaboration across the, across the organization. Now, there has to be balance, and I recognize that. Um, you know, you still need to have structure. You still have to have some control mechanisms in place. But I think uh, the implication to leadership is that they need to become more facilitative, more of a coach, and less, uh, less command and control. And they need to do this by setting, setting the example at the top and obviously cascading that through the organization. And I, I will say, based on my, again, based on my experience, that uh, millennials and Gen X, you know, they, they really expect this kind of behavior. Um, it's what they grew up with. And uh, from an organizational sustainability perspective, if you don't move this way, you're going to have a hard time attracting new and vibrant talent. Great. Thank you. As change practitioners, many of us have access to and sometimes even influence with senior executives. What counsel can you offer us in terms of being more effective in our work with executives? Well, I think two things. Um, I think number one, always go in with a plan, you know, even if it's very high level because you don't, you don't know enough to have a detailed plan yet. But um, 
I think nothing says credibility more than having a good plan when you walk into that executive's office the first time. But I would say, make sure it's an 80 to 90% plan, not a 100% plan. You want the leader to add to the plan because that, that will add to their buy-in, right? It gets back to this whole idea of, of engagement and enrollment. So, so going in with a plan, um, that's pretty well thought out, but giving executives an opportunity, giving your client an opportunity to, to, to sort of add to that and, and mold it a bit. I think that's number one. And then I think number two is once you've established trust, be ready to challenge, right? Most executives have plenty of folks around them who tell them, um, tell them what they want to hear, right? I think as an external change practitioner, it's important for us to be ready to challenge their thinking. You know, don't just be an order taker. Um, and, and in speaking with my colleagues, I find sometimes this is, this is a bit of a challenge. They don't know that they've necessarily established that trust. So there's a little bit of chicken and egg here, but uh, what I've discovered is that Again, once you go into that plan and you've established sort of the foundation, um, the earlier you can challenge thinking, uh, the better, and uh, you'll establish that trusting relationship. You'll become that trusted advisor. Steve, thank you. This podcast is Steve's first contribution to Change Management Review. He will be returning with us periodically to offer his insights and wisdom on change leadership and on how we as change practitioners can become more effective in service to those leaders. Steve, any parting thoughts on what we might look forward to? Well, Brian, I think, I think we're in some exciting, uh, exciting times here, especially as change practitioners. I think with all this talk of digital transformation, we have a huge opportunity to work with executives um, to drive and build organizations that can adapt faster um, and ultimately resulting in greater success, stronger leadership, and, uh, and winning in the marketplace. Steve, thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you again in the not-too-distant future. Thank you. Look forward to it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and Steve Southbury. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.